This is the Dave and Shecky Show. We got this groovy podcast for ya. Reviewing crazy tunes or quoting Twain and Sting and Doom. We'll bring ideas to share like bonus points for extra flair. Cause it's the freaking Dave and Shecky Show. Show. We're bringing you this groovy review. We might preview movies, bake some bread, or drink some smoothies. So come on, have way too much caffeine. You roll up some rivers, I'll reference some Raffi. This is the Dave and Shecky Show. Hello, and welcome back to creepy people who creep around creepily. That- Otherwise known as CCC. Okay. The trices. CPCC. C cubed. C3. No, I'm just kidding. It's uh, extra, It's the uh, excerpts from the uh, 1982 Lesbo Convention oh, okay. of uh, Palm Beach. Uh, welcome, 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 everyone. Uh, don't be confused. Don't be alarmed. You are actually listening to the Middle-Aged Cool Kids Super Terrific Podcast featuring your pals... I don't have one today. Well, isn't that sad? I don't have one today. I have two. Oh, shit, son. Jose and Fernando. (laughs) Your lively bilingual hosts. Can I be Fernando? You can. All right. As long as we don't start singing an ABBA song. That's exactly why. Oh, Jesus. That is exactly why. I was thinking more like... Fernando. BLS, you know... WBLS uh, uh, radio personalities from like 1986. They used to say WBLS, the world's best looking sound. That was the uh, what BLS was stood for, at least for a while. So uh, I used to listen to that. World's best looking sound. That's what they. That's what they said. That's so stupid. It's intelligent. I loved it. Are you kidding me? BLS is a Long Island station. Is it? I don't know. I think it was a Long Island station. It was a disco funk station, right? Yep, disco R and B. I would say <laughs> funk's a little too risque for them. Oh, okay. I didn't realize. Um, <clears throat> anyway, funk likes to take acid. R and B and disco do coke in the bathroom. Oh, is that true? Yeah. All right. Well, there you go. Dave has boiled it down to funk likes to take acid, and R and B and disco. Like to do coke in the bathroom. And amol nitrate poppers. Oh, you didn't have to ruin it. Poppers. John Poppers. Yeah. I love John Popper. He doesn't love me, but I love him. Well, I don't love him, so now we're equal. No, I don't know why you don't love him. He's awesome. (laughs) No, he's good. He's very good. He's very good. Okay. Uh. (laughs) He's amazing, actually. Anyway, uh... Today's episode is all about our top five movie soundtrack picks. Pick of destiny. Okay, Dave, we, we didn't no, start. No, I'm just kidding. That's not it. You said picks. Get it? Uh-huh. Right. Okay. So do you want to start or do you want me to start? Uh, I'd like you to start today. Why is that? Because it's a little cloudy out. 
Uh-huh. And when it's cloudy out, I'm slow to get going. Is that true? Yeah, I'm but, a little slow in the morning. But you already went to the I think I need some testosterone. Okay. Is that what they call it? Testosterone? Uh-huh. Come over here and give me some testosterone. Okay. Tyrone. It's ty- Welcome to Tyrone ty- Testosterone Corner. Uh-huh. Okay. All right. My number five greatest soundtracks of all time. Yes. Greece. Oh, Jesus Christ. That came out in the late 70s, uh, starring, of course, Olivia Newton John and John Travolta. I'm going to say 1978. I will say 1978. Uh, it was, of course, uh, originally a Broadway play that was very popular. And uh, it's just the soundtrack, every song has gotten radio play. Now, yes. Uh, would you say that the soundtrack is. Uh, it's not all one person. No, it is not. Now, who is it again? Frankie Valley. Frankie Valley. Now, I like the, I, I like Greece. I like Greece the song because uh-huh. Greece is the word. Yeah. Well, you know, we are saying. Uh huh. I don't know what they're talking about, but I like the song. It's a, it's a it's a great song. There's so many hits. Uh, Summer lovin'. Uh, Hopelessly devoted to you. I mean, well, now hold on, yes. now hold on a second. Mm-hmm. Now, is this a soundtrack or yeah. is this just a musical? It's a soundtrack to uh, oh, wait a minute now. Now we're getting into musicals. We didn't, Dave. This huh? is a top no, five go. movie soundtrack. This is what I'm saying. Uh-huh. Grease, the song, uh-huh, is a soundtrack. I'm saying Grease, the double do they, album. Do they sing that song in the movie? Greece? It's it's during the credits. Yeah, so it's the soundtrack. It's like Staying Alive is part of the soundtrack of Saturday Night Fever. Uh-huh. What do but, you, what do you but I don't think that if you sing a song in the movie, it's part of the soundtrack. What I'm saying is the movies... This, I don't know what you're saying. It's, if it's on the movie soundtrack album, it's part of the soundtrack. Well, that's true. Greece is the opening credits of Greece. Well, then, I mean, any, any movie that's a musical is probably going to have a chance of a better soundtrack than a movie that's not. This is our opinion. This is right. not your... See, right. your opinion is different than mine. Well, I'm just breaking it down into uh-huh. what it is. Okay. Well, then what we'll do is uh, I've pulled up some top uh, ten lists... And uh, I'll tell you what they what their favorites are. Oh, okay. But, well, our favorites are what we're talking about. All right, today. here's what we'll do. Okay. We'll do yours, like uh-huh. we're doing. Yes. Then we'll do mine. No. And then we'll do theirs. We'll do my number five, and then yeah. we'll do your number five. Yeah. And then what's this other list you're talking about? Just random lists. Uh, you know, the what what 
Ranker thinks, what Rolling right, Stone thinks. All right, all right. Now, I'm not saying it's bad. I like it. I'm just getting the classification of what is what. A musical it, is not necessarily a soundtrack, is all I'm saying. This Until is, they put it on the album. Then anything's a soundtrack. I believe the album cover has motion picture soundtrack. So it, it's a soundtrack. I don't understand right. why you're arguing with me. Oh, well, I'm not arguing with you. I'm you kind sure. of are being argumentative, I'm but it's annoying me to, it's the, to death. Okay, well, I'll stop. Don't stop, but just know that Don't I hate stop. you for, that for That's not part of the soundtrack. Don't stop believing. Anyway, uh, Summer Lovin', big hit. Uh, what was the other one? I, I grew got up on that crap. I had the, the sheet music, all the stuff. You uh, had sheet music for the Grease songs? Yeah, I had the Grease soundtrack, Summer Lovin'. You're the Boom. one that I want. Starts bum, bum, fucking bum. It's in the key of G, at least in that book honey. it was. Uh, oh. So, the, yeah, it's got that's good. Dude, it's got a shit ton of songs. I mean... Now, is it me, or does that movie contain some inappropriate, uh, uh, well, I'm not going to call it pedophile, but uh, inappropriate man-to-girl-student uh, behavior? He's, he's uh, the, you mean the host of is the... Is his name like Vince Fontaine or some so, shit? Something, I forget his name offhand, but yes, and then he's with the, the red-headed girl. Yeah, the, she's... The buxom, 30-looking, 30 30-year-old-looking... 30 she's, she's a senior. 17, yeah. In high school. Yeah. He's a senior in life. She's a senior in high school. <laughs> yes. Yes. I mean, if you want to start talking about that, uh, there's other movies out there, but... Um, Sid Caesar is excellent in the movie as the gym coach. They're all excellent. John Travolta is pretty funny in that movie. He lets out one of the gayest noises a man could emit in the uh, song uh, oh. Summer Lovin'. But... <laughs> that summer dreams ripped at seams, but those summer nights tell me that's him getting a massage in his trailer. Oh, that's you're a terrible person. So, uh, number five is Grease for me. Uh, now we'll move on to your number five, Dave. I think Grease. Okay. Well, I, I like the... Uh, yeah, okay. Uh-huh. Well, let's move on then. All right. Now, my number five is similar to the movie we saw the other day. Mm-hmm. And it also happens, uh, which features uh, the, the person who stars in uh, Grease. Okay. So what I'm saying is, yes, uh, I have no idea what you're saying. Blow, uh, blow out, not blow up, but blow out. Blow out has a soundtrack or a score. Blow out the soundtrack. I see. Is by Herbie Hancock. Ah. Now, what is the difference between a soundtrack and a score? Because maybe that's what I'm talking about. Uh, <clears throat> soundtrack is is uh, songs. Score is the uh, behind-the-scenes music. So, uh, like a Jaws. Right. That's the soundtrack. That is a score. Oh, but what if you put it on an album? Then it's a soundtrack. No, it's still the score. So they could have music from the movie Jaws, and that's the score, but it's not a soundtrack. 
If you have music from the movie Jaws, there are I don't Oh man, so well, anyway, I don't think I have soundtrack. Okay, what you All I got is scores, that's man. That's fine. We'll do that then. Oh, so, man. Uh, you're I got scores. I I thought this might happen. Oh Jesus. So, you're number 5. All right, I got a soundtrack or two in there too, but you know, okay. yeah. Herbie Hancock Blowout. Okay. And uh he does the whole score? If I'm not mistaken, yes. Okay, you may or may not and be it's mistaken. It's very 1960s-esque. Oh, really? Yes. Even now, though it's a 19... What is it, 1980? No. This is Blow Out, not Blow Up. Oh. Blow Up is is a remake of Blow Out. Blow Out, I believe, is loosely based on Chappaquiddick, although I could be mistaken. Oh. Because a senator... Tire blows out and a woman he's with gets killed or something like that. And they try and cover it up. I believe that's what blowout is. And a sound guy captures it on film. But in blow up, a sound man captures it on audio. You see what I'm saying? Which is the which is the one are you talking about? The talking about Blow Out, which is from the 60s. Blow Up is John oh, Travolta. Blow Up I is John Travolta. Blow Out's the original. Okay. Blow Out is what Blow Up is based on. And Blow Out, I think, is inspired by like that kind of Chappaquiddick thing. But I could be mistaken there, too. Blow Out is 1981. I, blow Up, then. What am I talking about? It's Blow Up. I thought... Oh, wait. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because Blow Out. Why? Blow Up is 1966. That's what I'm talking about. And who stars in Blow Up? Blow Up stars Vanessa Redgrave, Sarah Miles, David Hemmings, John Castle, Jane Birkin, Jillian Hills, Peter Bowles, Verushka von Lendorf, all right. Julian Chagrin and Claude Chagrin. And this is not... And Chappaquiddick happened after this, right? Chappaquiddick happened after 66. The, uh, the brief uh, description of the movie is, a mod London photographer finds something very suspicious in the shots he has taken of a mysterious beauty in a desolate park. Uh, I must be confused. You're not confused. It is blowout is based on blow up. The right. Okay. It says here blowout. The film is directly based on Michelangelo Antonioni's Michelangelo Antonioni's 1966 film Blow Up, replacing the medium of photography with the medium of audio recording. Exactly. The concept of blowout came to De Palma while he was working on the thriller Dressed to Kill. The film was shot in the late autumn and winter of 1980 in various Philadelphia locations. Oh, so Blowout is Brian De Palma. On a relatively substantial budget of $18 million. I remember that movie being scary as hell, particularly because of John Lithgow. Yes. It's a thriller. It's definitely a, a really scary thriller. So I think the original is a better movie, perhaps. The original, uh, huh, 66. And you are right, Herbie Hancock does the music. Can you play a, a, any of that? Because this is right when Herbie's going from jazz to rock. This is essentially fusion being created. And it might have a touch of go-go to it. And I believe 
if it's not from this soundtrack, it's right around this time where Herbie created that song that uh, D-Light sampled and basically took the whole groove from Groovers in the Groovers in the Heart. Well, that's a Herbie Hancock riff. Basically, just Herbie, good Herbie jamming stuff, and there's some other scenes where he's getting a little more, uh, like uh, almost like uh, detective style music or something, kind of like uh, Blue Noteish or whatever. But yeah, it's crossing over into the rock thing. And then uh, yeah, so that's all I can really say about that one. I just uh, remember it being good soundtrack. Excellent. Yes. So I'll give that number five. Uh, I I have a feeling already that your <clears throat> your picks will be more educated than mine. mine no, are, they're just different. Mine are uh, yours are going to be facts versus mine are feelings. snobbier. Well, no, I think yours. Yours are, are hobbier. Yeah, mine are uh, definitely nostalgia, how they make me feel type of things. You're right. So my number four, talking about inappropriate movies. Who you know. I know exactly what it is. Or later. I could have told you. (laughs) You, I don't know what to say. You take my breath away. You're every song I sing. You're the music that I play And you take my breath away That's terrible. It's a terribly inappropriate movie. Makes James at 15 look like a goddamn fairy tale. James at 16, that's a whole other story. Sooner or Later is a 1979 American made-for-television teen romantic drama film directed by Bruce Hart, starring Denise Miller, Rex Smith, Barbara Feldon, and Judd Hirsch. Also, they don't mention it here, but Maury Amsterdam. Are you telling me 99's in this motherfucker? Premiered on NBC on March 25th, 1979. Is that 99? Barbara Feldon is 99, I think. Very good. Uh... So, the premise of this movie, this incredibly uh, inappropriate movie, is that Denise Miller is 13, and she goes to, like, a makeup counter and gets made up, to, and she looks older, and she runs into, I believe, 19-year-old Rex Smith, so, um, and, and then, you know, convinces him that she's older and becomes his girlfriend, and, uh, he, you know, this movie is just filled with Rex Smith music. And I 
love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. And I will also say that uh, Bruce Hart, who directed, also wrote the Sesame Street theme. Sunny days. That song. So uh, the music in this movie is very sappy. And uh, it's sung by Rex Smith, who I had a huge crush on. And to be quite honest, I have a Rex Smith collection. It's in a closet. It is not on display, but I do have one. Unreal. (laughs) And I don't know how I knew it, but I knew. I mean, it's just, you know, I'm a girl. And I was a, you know, 10, 11-year-old girl when this movie came out. Is he Canadian? He is Canadian. How did I know that? He is Canadian, and he was just ridiculously handsome. Rex Smith. Was he on Broadway? He probably, yeah. I think he did Pirates of Penzance on Broadway. Was he the... Modern Major General. I don't know. I never saw uh, him on Broadway, but he was in, I think he was in the pirate movie too, with Linda Ronstadt. Oh, okay. So, uh, I, I didn't want to, no spoilers if that's on your list. It's not. I see. All right, so my number four, Sooner or Later, the soundtrack from a made-for-TV film that would never be made or aired today. Oh. Dave? We're now ready for your number four. Where is he now, Rex Smith? He's doing his thing, you know. Rexing around? Rexing around. Smithing it up. Smithing it up. All right, fair enough. My number four. Well, there's a piano player named Herbie Hancock. Okay, he was your number five. And he happens to do soundtracks. Mm-hmm. And my number four is the soundtrack to Death Wish. (laughs) So... Did I mention that Herbie Hancock paid me for this advertisement? <laughs> he did not. Uh, Casio and Herbie Hancock. So is this a more pop uh, type of thing or rock? Now, or? this one is 1974, mm-hmm. so he's into the fusion. Ah. This is the funk. This is Now, what this is, don't tell anybody. Okay. Well, this is the Headhunters band. Oh. This is Herbie Hancock and Headhunters basically playing their brand of fusion funk. Uh, behind the goings-on in New York City. 
That's how that. That's what that is. How there's no lyrics. It's just music. And you love it. Well, I love it. Yes. Now this this particular album has some stuff on it that uh, you know it's uh, Mike Clark on drums uh-huh. and it's got that uh, special style. I see. That can only be found in Mike Clark's playing. That East Bay. That East Bay funky thing. Yes. So that's my number four. Uh, the movie stands on its own. Yes. And the soundtrack also stands on its own. I love Death Wish. With the exception oh. of one song, uh-huh. uh, which has something to do with Paint Her Face Red, I think it's called. And I think that's the soundtrack to when Jeff Goldblum is raping uh, someone in an apartment or something. He does hate rich cunts. Yes. So that one's a little cacophonous. But other than that, it's a very funky uh, soundtrack. I see. Well, the, the, I mean, the rape scene is a little off. That's all I'm saying. That's 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 fine. I think it was supposed to be disturbing. Yeah, no, no one wants to rape the good happy funk. No. There you go. Exactly. All right. That's my number four. Excellent, excellent choice, Dave. Well, yeah, you got a little theme going here. I see that. What if my number three is Herbie Hancock? Then what the fuck are we going to do? Because he's got another one, believe you me. He's got a couple more up his sleeve. Okay. You ever heard of Round Midnight? All right, Dave. I'm not going to choose that one. It's my turn. Honorable mention. Okay, not time for the honorable mentions yet. Number three for me. Are you ready? Mm Mm-hmm. The Breakfast Club. Oh, wow. Okay. What? <laughs> what does that mean? Oh, wow. Okay. Wait, who's in that? Who's the who's on the soundtrack to that one? Well, don't You Forget About Me? That's it. You got Don't You Forget About Me, which is amazing for me, anyway. You've got... Which band is that? Wang Chung. Oh, Jesus. Tonight? Everybody? I liked them until they told everyone to do something. Yeah, I like Simple them, Minds saying, don't you forget about me. All right. Wang Chung tonight is a whole other thing. The, the, the guys, you think those guys were self-conscious? I mean, you know, insecure enough? They had, you had to just insist that you Wang Chung tonight? You know what I mean? Everybody rolling stones tonight? They, the, we get it. That's your name. <laughs> Everybody Led Zeppelin tonight, okay? That's my song. I'm Led Zeppelin. Uh, it's verging on retarded. Everybody wang chung tonight. Is that racist? It's got to be racist. How is it racist? I don't know. What the fuck does that mean? Wang chung? Maybe it's it's for you to for you to fill in. I think it's masturbate. Oh. Ew. You know, like turning Japanese. I really think so. Yeah, I really think that's about masturbation. Because someone told me so. Okay. 
Well, that's uh, so you are shitting on my number three. No, 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 no. no. I'm shitting on Wang Chung. That's part of my number three. You're shitting on my number three. Wang Chung. What do they sing? The man who leaves the way. What? What? I don't know that one. Oh well, that's the Twilight song. What is it called? Uh, I guess I only know Wang Chung tonight. Fire in the Twilight. See, it worked. What did? The fact that I only saw the only song I know by Wang Chung is the one where they ingrained in my head Wang Chung tonight. Well, there you go. Imagine if that was another band. Not that Wang sang Chung. about Wang Chung. Yes, now we'd be getting somewhere. Like if the Fix sang about Wang Chung, and the Wang Chung sang about you know like you know. Reach the beach. Why, what the hell is that? That's isn't that the isn't that a Fix? Isn't that the Fix? Oh, I don't know. I thought oh, you know. Maybe I'm making fix. shit up in my head. Well. Frankie does Hollywood. What's the fix? Relax. No, that's Frankie. Yeah. What's the fix though? What do they do? They have another shitty MTV song. I think their number one song might be "One Thing Leads to Another." Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's pretty. Yeah, uh, that was ingrained in, in our heads a lot. Stand or fall. Mm. Stand or fall. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I confused them with the Love is the Drug song. Love is the Drug. Love is the drug that I'm looking for. Isn't that some other dude? Yeah, it's like Brian Ferry or some shit. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, anyway, well, let's move on from... Uh, let's move on from Breakfast Club. <laughs> Why? Because I, you're sitting on it and the other songs don't matter to me as much as the... Uh, just that one main song? Just a couple of songs. Gotcha. All right, fair enough. So I will uh, now ask you what your number three was. All right, my is. number three. Yeah, a movie with Don Johnson. called Zechariah. Can you tell me about the soundtrack? The soundtrack is done by James Gang. Ah! Joe Walsh and James Gang. And there is also a little bit of a, uh, I think Country Joe McDonald's on it and uh, Elvin Jones from uh, Coltrane. Spanned. Spanned. It's a really, really trippy, outrageous movie. Elvin Jones plays a black uh, sheriff. Well, he certainly wouldn't play a white sheriff. Zachariah is a 1971 American Western musical film directed by George Englund and written by Joe Massett, Masseau, and the four members of the comedy troupe The Fire Sign Theater. It's like a rock spaghetti western. The film stars John Rubenstein as Zachariah and Don Johnson as his friend Matthew as two gunfighters journeying through the American West. 
It's fucking on acid, man. And this is when, uh, this is like uh, James Gang when they're totally influenced by The Who. They have like a real Live at Leeds vibe on it. And at one point, there's a uh, drum battle where um, Elvin, Jones take, Elvin Jones takes over the drums for the uh, drummer from James Gang, I think it is. And he gets on the kit and does like a 10-minute drum solo in the middle of the movie. It's really fucking surreal. Might want to be one of the trippier movies ever. Its budget was $1.2 million and it grossed 625000 Ooh, Ooh, that's a hit. <laughs> oh, my God. It just totally sunk. It's fucking hysterical. It's hysterical. They should re-release it and push it. It's fucking funny as fuck. Maybe Don we'll, Johnson at like, you know, 20 or something. Maybe we'll do a watch along. Oh, man. It's fucked up. The scenes, though, with uh, there's some scenes where the James Gang are like playing on, on like a Western, like they're playing like out on the on the the Western Plains or something. Uh-huh. They're like big amplifiers and they're playing like music that sounds like it's inspired by like Tommy, by the Who, and uh, yeah, that is a very bizarre movie. I have never seen it nor heard of it. It's one of these things where no one knew about it unless you were a weirdo or a musician. Which you is redundant. Both. Yes. And uh, maybe now it's a little more popular because of the internet. You could probably see it on YouTube. Excellent. It's you really, are, really funny. Your number three, Zachariah. Yeah, Zachariah. This is interesting. Interesting. My uh, number two. Hmm. Yes. The Wizard of Oz. Holy cannoli. must admit that the Wizard of Oz soundtrack holy shit in, endures the, the test of time well that's what back when they were making standards you know I mean that's when standards were created with back then what we call standards now that's when they were writing them oh is that true in that yeah. 1930s well somewhere over the rainbow is a standard right it is now well there you see there you go they wrote it then and now it's a standard wasn't always a standard, but they just wrote quality stuff back then. Almost didn't make it into the film. They showed the movie to a group of people who couldn't understand why she was singing uh, on a farm. <laughs> like they, they were, That confused them. So they uh, took it out, and I guess the guy who wrote it uh, was said, no, 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 you got to put it in. These people you've tested are, are, are making really? poops. I don't know that he used the word nincompoops. And he's the same person who suggested that she dress up in a wig with a uh, blackface on. 
Yes, that's a that's much later in her career, but yes, there is a video that is really alarming of of Judy Garland performing in blackface in a movie. <laughs> it's, it's it's quite funny. It's funny, but it's it's really uh, even when you're not PC, there's there's some shit that's just disturbing, and I'm totally not PC. But that is, uh, that's very cringeworthy. It's bizarre shit. It's really bizarre. You can uh, just Google Ju- Ju- Judy Garland blackface and you will come upon it, no doubt. So uh, let me just go through some of the songs here. If I only had a brain. I will go through the songs. Over the Rainbow, of course. Come out, come out wherever you are. Not sure I know what that is. That's when she lands in in uh, Munchkinland, mm-hmm. and the uh, the Good Witch sings "Come Out, Come Out," and the Munchkins all come out from hiding because they were afraid because a house just landed in their uh-huh. town. Gotcha. Um, it really was no miracle. That's not a hit, but that's what she sings with the Munchkins. We thank you very sweetly. I think you know that one. Ding Dong, the Witch is Dead. I mean, these are, even the song, Ding Dong, the Witch is Dead, even if you don't sing it, when any, anybody, when any bitch dies, you're going to get Twitter reactions that are just Ding Dong. Like, it's, it's part of our lexicon. Huh. American culture. Uh-huh. Uh... If I only had a brain, we're off to see the root wizard. If I only had a heart, if I only had the nerve. If I were king of the forest. And hail, hail, the witch is dead. I mean, there's more songs in there, but those are ones that are are popular. <laughs> yeah. Also, oh, we, oh, the oh, or whatever they're saying. I don't know. That's creepy and weird. Yes. I thought that was a Prince song. That's uh, The Time. Oh, we, oh, we, oh. Oh, The Time. Yes. This a time. Morris Day and The Time. Morris Day sure is no Prince, huh? Well, I think Prince wrote that song for them. Well, I'm just saying, you know. Uh, Prince died. Mm-hmm. Morris Day's still alive. No one seems to give a shit. I'm sure Morris Day cares. Well, uh, what is that? Morris Day that Care Center. Now, oh, my God. Now we're talking about it. <laughs> now hell? we know what we got going. Now, exactly. all of a sudden, I've Morris Day up. Cares. And it's not just one place. This is a chain of daycare places. There you go. Let's get on that. Let's contact Morris Day. I think we're on to something. Maybe MC Hammer can get involved, too. Okay. Just as a spokesperson. The okay. face of the place. I see. Morris Day is a... a Good enough looking gentleman, I believe. Oh, he doesn't have the charisma of, of MC Hammer. That's that's true. No one does. That's also he, true. Morris, uh, MC Hammer's got so much charisma, it's his downfall. The man with too much charisma. It's a movie I'm working on. Wow, okay. Is Herbie Han- Hancock involved in that? Herbie Hancock is. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let's yeah. go. All right. Let's uh, go yeah. to your number two, please. Oh, my number two. I don't see your notes, Dave. Now I'm running out of material. Okay, I'm I'm 
of the mind that you're just making it up when I go Let's to you. Let's see, what else does Herbie Hancock have? Well. The does making of Rocket. Uh-huh. No. Isn't that the, uh, isn't it Beverly Hills Cop? No, it's not. I see. It's someone who thought they were imitating him. I see. Who is Beverly Hills Cop? Oh, Axel Foley. Well, no, he didn't write the music. I see. Now, how about this one? Yes. This is your number two that you've thought of long and hard since uh, last well, week when I said, let's do this I'm as a... I'm going to say like a oh, semi... Okay. I would say quadrophenia. Only But everybody knows I love Quadrophenia. That doesn't mean that it can't be on your list. Well, then it's number probably two? my number one. But oh, let's just fuck. say number you two. Just, you just ruined it. No, I'm just playing. Number two is good for Quadrophenia. Uh, yeah, Quadrophenia. Now, I like Quadrophenia, the, mu- the movie soundtrack, because it has the same songs as the album, but mm-hmm. different newer recordings. And it's uh, it's not the same. It's... it's uh, those songs recorded a few years later, so it sounds different than the 72 or 73 versions. But it's still them, right? Yeah, it's them, and and it might be augmented with one or two people. Now, let me think now. Oh. I feel like Keith Moon had already died by the time that movie came out. And I think maybe it's The Who with a different drummer on some of the stuff, perhaps. Let's check into that. Regardless, it's I like the recordings. I like the versions on that uh, album. You don't actually hear that very often. It says here on Wikipedia that Kenny Jones does uh, is the drummer on Get Out and Stay Out and Joker James. And Keith Moon's on everything else? That's what it says on personnel. Roger Daltrey, Pete Townsend, John Entwistle, Keith Moon, and Kenny Jones. Well, there you go. Isn't that something? Quadrophenia is the soundtrack album to the 1979 film Quadrophenia, which refers to the 1973 rock opera Quadrophenia. It was initially released on Polydor Records in 1979 as a cassette, and LP and was re-released as a compact disc in 1993 and 2001. The album was dedicated to Peter Meaden, a prominent mod and first manager of The Who, who had died a year prior to the album's release. It doesn't talk about anything there about how the album differs from the original recording. The album contains 10 of the 17 tracks from the original rock opera Quadrophenia. These are different mixes than those that appear on the 1973 album, 
as they were remixed in 1979 by John Entwistle. The most notable difference is the track The Real Me, used for the title sequence of the film, which features a different bass track, more prominent vocals, and a more definite ending. Most of the tracks are also edited to be slightly shorter. The soundtrack also includes three tracks by The Who that did not appear on the 1973 film, Four Faces, Get Out and Stay Out, and Joker James. Ah, there the latter, you go. The latter two songs marked Kenny Jones' Marked Kenny Jones's first on-record appearance with The Who after taking over drums for the Kate. Gotcha. For the, for the late Keith Moon. Yeah. Interesting. Kenny Jones. From the faces. Ah. The small faces. The small faces. Because he was a mod, you see. They named that band after, you know, that was a mod thing. The Who? The faces. Oh, I see. And the main character, uh, the main mod in Quadrophenia is referred to as the face. Oh. Uh, that's Sting's character. I see. Yes. Quadrophenia's fucking brilliant. The movie? The movie's excellent. Uh, yeah, the movie is really good. It's really good. Uh, especially as a kid seeing it, it was pretty damn fucking good. I don't know how it holds up to today, but the soundtrack holds up for sure. That's for damn sure. So yeah. your number two, which could also be your number one, yeah, is Quadrophenia. There you go. I. All right, I am now ready for my number one. Uh, do we need to take a break? <laughs> Get it? I'm gonna go number two. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry. My number one, which you will not be able to shit on. My number one son. Harold and Maud. Well, if you want to sing out, sing out. And if you want to be free, be free. Because there's a million things to be. You know that there are. And if you want to live high, live high. And if you want to live low, live low. Cause there's a million ways to go You know that there are You can do what you want The opportunities are And if you find a new way You can do it today You can make it all true And you can make it undo You see Hey now, hey now, hey now. I love Yusuf Islam. Is that his name? Harold and Maude is a 1971 American coming-of-age black comedy drama filmed and directed by Hal Ashby and released by Paramount Pictures. It incorporates elements of dark humor and existential drama. The plot revolves around the exploits of a young man named Harold Chasen, Bud Court, who was intrigued with death. Harold drifts away from the life that his detached mother, Vivian Pickles, prescribes for him and slowly develops a strong friendship and eventually a romantic relationship with a 79-year-old woman named Maud, Ruth Gordon, who teaches Harold about... The Maud. Who teaches Harold about living life to its fullest and that life is the most precious gift 
of all. So another kind of pedo-y movie, right? That's a great movie. So three of my choices have weird pedo stuff in them. That's right. Welcome to our next channel. Band on YouTube. Band on the run on YouTube. No, but seriously, very good movie. Cat Stevens. It's probably probably Cat Stevens' best music. With the you know, of course, I'm being followed by a peace train, moon shadow, whatever the fuck it is. That's all good and good and fine. But this is a little more uh, '60s kind of psychedelic, uh, uh, folky uh, kind of vibe, I'd say. Although everything he does is folky. The music in Harold and Maude was composed and performed by Cat Stevens. He had been suggested by Elton John to do the music after John had dropped out of the project. Stevens composed two original songs for the film, Don't Be Shy and If You Want to Sing Out, Sing Out, and performed instrumental and alternative versions of the songs On the Road to Find Out, I Wish I Wish, Miles from Nowhere, Tea for the Tillerman, I Think I See the Light, Where Do the Children Play, and Trouble, which were either on the film Mona Bone Jackin or Tea for the Tillerman. Those albums had been released before the film. Don't Tea be for the Tillerman. Don't Be Shy, and If You Want to Sing Out, Sing Out, were not released on an album until his 1984 compilation, Footsteps in the Dark, Greatest Hits, Volume 2. Yeah, yeah it, took a kind of, uh, it took a certain kind of person to get into Cat Stevens. When you say it took a certain kind of person to get into Cat Stevens, what do you mean? Well, he's kind of, what is he? He's kind of in between. In between what? He's like in between folk and rock. So he's folk rock. I guess he's, I guess, yeah. I mean, isn't that what Buzzy Linhart was? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's even odder. Cat Stevens wasn't like, it doesn't even seem like his music is pop music. Like, I'm surprised he was, surprised he was as popular as he was. I guess. I think, I think the soundtrack to Harold and Maude is, Absolutely perfect. Yeah, no, it's it's excellent. I think it's better than his later music. Yeah. How much later? Like Peace Train, you mean? Yeah. I see. Like what? Harold and Maude is what? 68? 70? What is it? 68, I'd say. I believe I just read that it was 1971. Exactly. 71? I thought that was Zachariah. No. I mean, it could also be Zachariah, but now it's, 71. it's also Harold and Maude. Well, isn't that something? So that was 71? Mm-hmm. When's Peace Train? Or when's I'm being followed by a moon shadow? Peace Train is 1971. Moon Shadow is 1970. Holy fuck. And then what year is... uh? And uh, the sad Friday, Saturday night, ain't got nobody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one. I got some money because I just got paid. Yeah, yeah. Another Saturday night, and I ain't got nobody. I got some money because I just got paid. Now, how I wish I had someone to talk to. I'm in an awful way. It's another Saturday night, but it's a 19, that's a 1963, so. That's a Sam Cooke song? Yeah. Maybe the Sam Cooke song original is better. I don't know. From 1963? Yeah. So this is what I'm... What I'm that's Cat Stevens doing a cover of that song? Yes. Yeah, I don't like that. Okay. 
I never liked that. It's like, and then it's like, how many fucking times did I have to hear that shit? On the radio, so much as a kid, just cramming that shit down your throat. Like, guys, I, I don't want to hear it. You just don't like Cat Stevens. I like him, but not, I don't like that. I don't like it that much. That's what I'm saying. It's just like, something about him, man. It's just like, there's something missing there. I don't know. I like, I think his best thing he ever did was If You Want to Sing Out. I don't think you can beat that. That's a great song. That's, there's no doubt that that's great. But a lot of his shit annoys the fuck out of me now that I'm thinking of it. Okay, well, let's not, uh, let's not dwell on it then. My number one was Harold and Maude, uh, which you kind of agree with, but apparently it also has uh, I, no, I do brought agree up with. some ill feelings towards I Cat agree Stevens with it, that but I didn't I, know agree, uh, existed. I, I really thought that that was like his earlier stuff, but it seems like it's just part of his, all that shit was the same time. 70, 73, 71, 72, 70, all that. Peace Train, Moon Shadow, Harold and Maude, all the same time. It, right? se- it seems to be. Interesting. So it's just how his music is produced and the instrumentation, because the stuff on Harold and Maude is more just like singer-songwriter, like him, it seems like. Uh-huh. And the other stuff's all instrumentated, instru- you know, orchestrated with Timbali. What's he, trying to be a black guy? I don't know. Yeah, do a black soul cover. Maybe Cat. He, maybe he liked it. What's his real name? It's certainly not Cat. Well, how many his, fucking names is the motherfucker going to have? His name currently is Yusuf Islam. Well, that sounds really good. Good luck flying. However, his original name, his born with name, is Stephen Dmitri Katanovich. Gorgio. 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 If you say it I again, it's like Beetlejuice. I, I, maybe he'll appear magically in front of us if I do say it right. But uh, was there there a rumor that has some someone like half his tongue is missing or something? What? Or was it just maybe that I thought Cat got his tongue or something? Every time I'd hear him talk, it seemed like he didn't have a half a tongue or something. Or maybe it was tongue, his tongue is too big. Does he have a big tongue? I'm not. Is I, don't, he, I think Cat does. Cat Stevens have a bulbous tongue that gets in the way of his speech pattern. Dear Universe, why does Cat Stevens talk like he has a bulbous tongue? Is this a parable? The bulbous tongue of Cat Stevens. Can I just tell you, I have now Googled Cat Stevens and tongue and nothing is coming up. So So Cat Stevens has a tongue, has, has a normal tongue? I don't know anything about Cat Stevens' tongue. Perhaps it has been scrubbed from the internet. Maybe it's something that the deep state doesn't want us to know about. I'm not sure. Huh. Okay. I must have made all that up. I'm Cat Stevens has no tongue issues. I'm not surprised. Maybe I just heard him in an interview and I thought he sounded like a weirdo. Well, maybe he does sound like a weirdo. Maybe he has a lisp. That would not make him have a bulbous tongue. Well, he speak with a forked tongue. Uh Uh-huh. Anyway. You're number one. Thank you. No. uh -uh. (laughs) Uh-uh. Wrong. (laughs) What? Your number one. <laughs> your number one pick is. Oh, 
You know, I just, I'm not sure. You, Dave, this uh. is our top five. So let's let's hear what your number one pick is. Where are your notes? Why don't you take don't out that need, the I notes. don't need no sticking badges. Uh-huh. You know, they never said that. Yeah. They said, uh-huh. I don't need no badges. Okay. Stinking. Um, uh-huh. My number one is also by a uh, band. Uh-huh. That I, uh, you're just, uh, just Tommy, okay? Oh, Tommy. All right. <laughs> it's Tommy. Is it Tommy? Yeah, Tommy's my number one. Now, that's the soundtrack that isn't all the Who, though. No, it's the funniest soundtrack in the world, actually. Because it has Jack Nicholson singing. Are have, you you heard Jack on the, have you heard Jack Nicholson sing? No, but isn't Jack Nicholson the guy that lent his apartment to Roman Polanski so Roman Polanski could yeah. ask Jenny, rape a 14-year-old? Look at the time frame. Uh-huh. Jack Nicholson was out singing Tommy while that motherfucker was rimming the Rami. Do you think that perhaps he doesn't, didn't know about Roman Polanski's creepiness? You yes. Think, yeah, I, I, I guarantee you he absolutely knew. Look, he plays the doctor in Tommy. Uh-huh. Now, anyone who plays the doctor in Tommy is bound to have a weirdo in the house when they're not around. Uh-huh. That's just what happens. Oh, I see. Yeah. Oh, well, now, now you're going to blame... What about the... Uh, uh-huh. You're going to blame everyone now? Uh-huh. What about... Uh, how about Jack Nicholson's girlfriend? Well, she must have known. Where was she? Oh, uh, that handsome woman. Yeah. I, I don't know who I'm name. talking about, but there's got to be one. Yeah, she. he dated that... Oh, I forget her name. That was not part of the Polanski. Okay. That's that's the famous saying around that house. Okay. Roman, that was not part of the Polanski. <laughs> now get the hell out of here. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay, I'm sorry. Uh, so no, it's fine. Back to Tommy. I, I've been known to shit on a pick or two. Uh-huh. I, okay, I'm not shitting on a pick. I've been known to pick on a shit or two as well. Uh-huh. Anyway, so... Uh, what about Tommy that you like better than the the original album? Well, what about Tommy? Uh-huh. Because honestly, I like the Who stuff when the Who sings it. I like the Who stuff when the Who sings it too. So I don't agree with this pick. Wow. You don't like Anne Margaret in beans? I in a bunch of baked beans? I don't I don't Honestly, I don't agree that I, I, when the real music is better than the soundtrack, I think that's what I like better. Let me tell you something. Uh-huh. This is why Wikipedia doesn't... I think you shit the bed when you said Quadrophenia was number two, and now you're just Whoa. grasping. Wikipedia doesn't know what they're talking about, uh-huh. because Kenny Jones plays drums on Tommy's soundtrack, all right? Okay. So he played with The Who before Quadrophenia. I see. So what are they trying to tell me? I think they're telling you that... He joined the band? (laughs) (laughs) 
Sorry. What the fuck is wrong with you? What is this weird Kenny Jones news that you're so fucking determined to get out there? Kenny Jones, man. Okay. Dave. Kenny Jones. Are you close to being broken? He's a good <laughs> he's a good drummer, but he ain't no Keith Moon, I'll tell you that much. No, but Keith Keith Moon had had left this mortal plane. Keith Moon ain't no Keith Moon. Uh-huh. No, Keith Moon is a Keith Moon. Keith Moon. So I I'm gonna Oh, s- uh-huh. okay. So you think I don't this one should be w- w- deducted? No. Should I deduct this one? <laughs> I don't know if you want to deduct it. But I just I just think that you you had no number two, and so you said Quadrophenia, and uh, then as I was speaking about my number one, Harold and Maude, uh, and you were saying how terrible uh, you think some of Cat Stevens' stuff is. All right, I got a were, better one for okay. you. Let me just pull this one out of the hat. Okay. Now, this was my real number one. Oh, okay. Uh, the other one was fake news. This everyone. was a fake number two. It was an honorable mention. Uh-huh. Now, after what you've said about Jack Nicholson, uh-huh. I'm going to have to redact it. Okay. Didact. And didact it. Okay. That's a deducive power of reductive reasoning. Uh-huh. My number one. Uh-huh. Here we go. Bright Lights, Big City. Oh, I knew it was coming. <laughs> I knew you'd remember eventually. <laughs> what? Bright Lights, Big City. Went to my baby's How? How did you know? Because I kn- you play that video clip from YouTube all the time, and then you always follow it up with... This isn't on any album. Yeah, what's wrong with him? <laughs> well, how do you do that? Well, you've even also mentioned it on this show. Dear Donald Fagan, get, get this out. I don't know that Donald Fagan is in charge of it. Don, re-record it. It's brilliant. All right. So, Bright Lights, Big City, is yeah. uh, the entire soundtrack is by... I don't think so. I don't think the entire soundtrack is uh, by uh, Donald Fagan. I would be. I would doubt it is because it's set like what in the '80s in New York. They probably have some of that shit on there. It's one of the funniest fucking movies around, in, and it's not a comedy. Changing my sunglasses. But the Jimmy Reed song that Fagin does a cover of, I I liked a lot, and it's not available anywhere. So you gotta sit through the movie to watch it. That being said, there's some brilliant, funny stuff in the movie. Prince is on the soundtrack. Ah. Uh, yeah, all that 80s shit. Brian Ferry. Depeche Mode. Wait, what Brian Ferry? Kiss and Tell. Uh-huh. Uh, Depeche Mode. Yeah. Donald Fagan. Uh, the Noise Club. Yeah, so basically the whole soundtrack sucks except for two Donald Fagan songs. But those two are what make it the best for me. Especially that one. Because it's like a, a Donald Fagan song that you can't get anywhere else. So the Donald Fagan song that is not on the soundtrack is what? Bright Lights, Big City. The name of the movie. Okay. And the, and the that... song is originally by Jimmy Reed. I see. And the song that is on is called Century's End. 
Century's End is great too. It's but Bright Lights Big City is a reworking of the blues, but it's Fagin's way he does it with this kind of like 12-8 gospel feel. And the horns, the horn arrangement, it just, I don't know. The whole thing's a knockout, man. You love that song. As a, Fag- as a Fagin fan, yeah. That's, that's really good. I, I just don't understand how that is not available on its own. I don't know either. I really don't know the story of that. Yeah. It's only available at the end of the movie, basically. With fucking Michael J. Fox talking over it. All right. So your number one. Bright right to break or shitty. Excellent. Now I have some honorable mentions. Um, I got some too. My honorable mentions in no particular order. Pink Floyd, mm-hmm. The Wall. Ah. Prince Purple Rain, oh. Woodstock, Gimme Shelter, oh. and Eddie and the Cruisers. Oh. Oh. I think some of them are very obvious. Of course, Eddie and the Cruisers, another 80s movie that uh, I loved so much. And I, I loved the soundtrack. The songs, uh, some of the songs became big hits. Um, John Cafferty and the Beaver Brown Band, I believe, was the, were the people who sang uh-huh. the uh, Eddie and the Cruiser music. But I mean, a lot of it just great, and uh, I was a huge fan. I got one for you. Uh-huh. West Side Story. Well, there you go. There's a classic. There's a classic. Is that your honorable mention? That's one of my honorable mentions. What other honorable mention may you have? I just rattled mine off on this piece of paper here. Warriors. Ah, Warriors. Okay. Did have a very good uh, Joe Walsh tune on it. I see. In the city. Ah, uh huh. Now, if you're a Joe Walsh fan back in the day, uh huh, there were two versions of that song. One was that. Okay. And that was the good version. Uh oh. And then there's the version on version on in the long run, with the Eagles, and that's the less good version. I see. The more popular version is the one with the Eagles, but the one off the soundtrack. Is the version. Thank you. Wow. We might have to do a show on Joe Walsh because you seem to have a lot of Joe Walsh knowledge. I do have a lot of Joe Walsh knowledge. Who, what do you think out of all the music uh, <clears throat> people who you have the most knowledge about? Musically? Yeah. I don't know. That would either be... Herbie Hancock? That would be either Donald Fagan, uh-huh. Pete Townsend, uh... I know a lot about Joe Walsh. Herbie Hancock. I know a good amount about Herbie Hancock, but uh, Herbie's got a... Well, Herbie's such a jazz cat that it gets a little deep there. What about like uh, what about like Bootsy Collins? Yeah, I know a good amount about Bootsy Collins and P-Funk, too. Okay. And uh, Sly Stone. Yeah, I know about all the important stuff. Okay. okay. The important stuff, I see. Excellent. Excellent. Um, so I just want to quickly go through these top uh, five these of these other places. Rolling Stones, okay. top five movie soundtracks of all time. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Number five, Saturday Night Fever. Okay. Number four, A Hard Day's Night. Yeah. Number three, The Harder They Come. That deserves an honorable mention for sure. That was pretty fucking big. Number two, Purple Rain. Okay, huge. 
And number one, help the Beatles. Yeah, weird. It's almost like Rolling Stones and the Beatles have some sort of like mutual interest. And uh, quickly from Ranker.com. Their number five is Forrest Gump. Ugh. What are they? This is the, the Philadelphia Street. What's that movie? Philadelphia? <laughs> number four, Pink Floyd The Wall. All right. Number three, Saturday Night Fever. Number two, Pulp Fiction. And number one, Purple Rain. Yeah. So we had, uh, we had some honorable mentions in there and... Uh, it's definitely there's a, there's a lot more soundtracks out there than uh hair is pretty good. Hair is great. Hair is great and I hadn't thought of it otherwise I probably would have put it on my list. Hair. I mean that's a that's a great movie and a great soundtrack and started my little crush on Treat uh, Williams. Treat Williams who is still handsome. Treat Treat. Well, the man, his first name treat. is Treat. He's still a fucking treat. How can you be named Treat and not be good looking? That's true. That's not happening. That would be an evil, evil trick. That would be the worst. So, uh, all right. That's it for this episode. Did you have anything else you wanted to say? Hey, I'm trying to think. You know, okay. there are some other ones here. Some other really good ones. I just can't think right off the bat. Yes. Uh you know, also Flash Gordon, Queen. Oh, Flash Gordon. I I love it, but it's just it's hard to do just a top five. Really, it's very difficult. How about America? Fuck yeah! There you go. That's some good stuff. Was it? Uh, Ameri- what would Brian Boitano do? Team Police. Yes, <laughs> that's South Park. Yes. Oh, so there you go. There's I, dude. There's a lot of movies out there with... I would say you have to have more than one song on the soundtrack to say that it's a great soundtrack, though. It yeah. can't just be the one song. It's true. Like The Rose. I don't yeah. know any other song on that one, but I know that one's good. Yeah, I'm not sure. That was a pretty big movie when it came out. That's for damn sure. Yeah. Now it's called The Posing Like a Fool. Yeah. Maybe Cher and uh, Bette Miller can get together and do an album. And then their bus can get into an accident on the way to the tour. Okay, that's terrible. Oh, so maybe they need to change the tire. They missed the gig. Dave. What? That's awful. <laughs> that's awful. <laughs> They're two elderly women. Well, they don't have to drive. Who clearly can't think someone. for themselves. And who's surprised by that? Who's surprised that Hollywood people can't think for themselves? Hollywood people can't think for themselves. I mean, honestly, all you have to do is Google uh, Robert De Niro on a talk show, any talk show, and he is terrible. A lot of these actors cannot think or speak for themselves and so when they're in a talk show situation De Niro's the extreme of that I think he's awful uh Renee Zellweger was awful um Hmm. there's a lot of them that they can and it's almost like the lesser ones that are better because they're just you know happy to be their guy right but when you're like uh inflated ego person and you get in front of uh, a letterman who is you know a master at it it's 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 i remember it's not most recently but pretty recently it was like uh one of the Fokker movies i don't know if it was the the second one or the third one i don't recall but 
Hoffman and De Niro went on together. And it was embarrassing. It was embarrassing. De Niro was embarrassing. He I is think I remember that. An embarrassment. He cannot speak. And it was it was it it, it made me get physically ill just watching him fumfer. And He's poor retarded. poor uh Dustin Hoffman, who is a good interview. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I guess he's a, a, a girl toucher. Right. He got me too'd. He got me too'd. Uh, girl toucher. Man's a fucking genius. Yeah, but he's still a girl toucher. Well, better that than a boy toucher. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. All right. So anyway, um, I think that's it for today. We're, we're we're long as it is. All right. Well, how about this? Oh, fuck! I just said we're long, bro. All right. How about how about what? The Exorcist? That's a score. That's a goddamn score. That's you know who did that one? Who? Michael Oldfield. I see. You know what that is? That's an excerpt from his album Tubular Bells. I see. They took music that he had already recorded and used it for the goddamn soundtrack. I mean, no, it's a score. Exactly. I mean, if you're t- if you want to talk about top scores, and you also John have Williams. To- John Williams, uh, Vangelis with Blade Runner. I mean, there's a lot of really great scores out there. All right. Thanks for uh, listening, everyone. And uh, please tell your friends uh, and your enemies. And uh, join us on Twitter at Middle Aged Cool or on Gab at Middle Aged Cool Kids. And uh, yeah. All right. Goodbye, America. Goodbye again. What? Goodbye again. All right. Goodbye again. Mm-hmm.